Mambo Vipi, what's happening? My name is Aniko Owoko and I am a lover of art, culture and everything African. And here we grant you front row access to your favorite celebrities, creators, the biggest personalities and industry experts. Come with me, you're now a VIP. Welcome to VIP Access. I'm excited to bring you another wonderful show today. And we're speaking about copyright and orchestra. And it's none other than my friend Wandiri Karimi, who's an amazing individual, amazing singer, amazing boss lady, and most recently took up orchestra. And, you know, is empowering females especially. So it's been so amazing to see you do what you do. And thank you so much for coming to my podcast, Wandiri. Thank you for having me. I've just been watching and being like, when shall I be? So and you called, I was like, yay! Mama, I made it. That's what I thought. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. waiting for the right time. Oh, and because, it's the perfect time. Right? Perfect. And we've been talking from last year. Yes. You've been working very hard yeah. towards yeah. a very important all-female orchestra show coming up just here around the corner, yeah, March 8th. March, yes, yes. You know, it's not a one-day affair, but a couple of days. Yes. Yeah. How has that been? You know? Do I start at the beginning? Start at the beginning. <laughs> Always so start at the beginning. I start at the beginning because it's a really, well, not a really long story because I started music as a very young person. My brothers were part of a scholarship program for music. And so because my brothers were learning music, I ended up starting learning music when I was six. And I was learning because they were learning. So there were books in the house and I read to them. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. And then I finally got some lessons. But as I grew, I studied guitar. So that's my instrument. So I'm a guitarist. So that's the thing I do. But a lot of the times I was the only female person on stage as an instrumentalist. Because when I say I'm in a band, everyone is like, oh, so you sing. Guys, just because I am a woman doesn't mean I sing. I mean, I could, uh, but I don't. Yeah. Um, and so being the only woman on stage was lonely, but also there were certain things that were happening to women and I could see them mm. happening. So there would be female musicians who your whole band is guys and the guys just decide they're going to be guys. Yeah. <laughs> and those opportunities and the kind of discrimination, the kind of challenges that you have as a woman. So when I met Kezia, who... We were on a tour with the conservatoire at the coast and we had a conversation about how it was because at the time she was the only woman on the conducting team. And then, of course, now I had my experiences and we said, let's do something for women. So March 8th, 2017, we had an event that we had rehearsed with women since January, January, February, and we had a show in March. Mm. And it, we had such an overwhelming response of women who play instruments. And we were like, oh, okay, there's something here. And so I'm still at the conservatory. It was just the women's orchestra. But as we grew, we knew we needed to do a lot more, not just for women here in Nairobi or Kenya, but also on the continent. So we rebranded to the African Women's Orchestra in 2023 last year. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And you are the founder of... Yes, yes. Together Af with Kezia. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. Amazing, mm. amazing. So I just want to take you back mm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a history. Yeah, we do. We have a history. <laughs> like when I see you, Andiri, I always remember when I used to, you know, just be hanging around Alliance Francaise. Yes, yes. You know, like 15 years ago, <laughs> yes. there with Saudi So. Yes. Is well, there anyone who didn't do that, that Alliance? No. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> that casement A rite there. of passage. It was. You had to... Was. You were also <laughs> hanging there. Yes, you know, because I, I do remember you coming and playing the yeah, guitar and Saudi So would be singing like... 
You we are never, the coolest chick. <laughs> did you come for Nina's gig? Nina got gig. Yes, I did. So we were rehearsing in yes, that space. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I remember you playing and so it's so singing. I just yes. don't remember where exactly yeah, but there was a creation yes. that was being done when yeah. was very present yeah you know in those days Sautiso were also looking up to you like whoa yeah yeah imagine like yeah. I keep saying goodness there were BGVs and I was a guitarist in a gig yeah but then but you were so a, cool one yeah. you know those days I don't know I, I, there was no other female guitarist if they were there they were not present in the industry like yes. you were yeah so you always had this male name like oh this is the best guitarist and then there was that chick <laughs> yes there was hey, that she chick. was so cool you were there so was that cool chick. and i think for me i wanted the people who come after me to have many people who they can rely on of you know course. like even just the work that you've done i mean your history everybody has been watching like i said i've watched you since days of grapevine <laughs> but you know, there are spaces where if you're a woman, then you don't have other people yeah. to look up to, you know, because even when you're doing PR, there are many women in PR, but you know, the challenges are more or less the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when you have more of us, then it means I can give you a call and I say, oh, Ivy Alexander, I'm sure you know her. Like when she started playing, I was like, this is really cool. And then more and more mm. women have been, in fact, now I see more women in bands than I've seen before. Forget Flower Project. I mean, there's a bass player in this band. There's another bass mm. player in this. And it's not the same people because it used to be a group of like five, six yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But now there's just a lot more women who are taking that quote unquote odd choice to yeah, be yeah, an yeah. instrumentalist. Yeah. But it really, it really isn't. Because if the opportunity is there for women to feel comfortable in a space, because for us, Kezia and I, the thing is to create a safe space for women to express themselves. And when you give that opportunity, you gain confidence, of course, then of course the opportunity is there. So even if other spaces have refused you, you sign up, you come and we'll give a space to that so that you get the experience of being on stage. You get the experience of playing with others because even the vibe around like rehearsals with the women is sublime, <laughs> like sublime. Wow, <laughs> you love it so much. I do. Listen, I, do. I love this for you because I've seen you. In various faces, yes. when I met you, that one, Diri, you know, mm. you are the musician, yes. guitarist, yes. touring, playing, mm. performing here and there. And then there was the other side of you. You're a very excellent copyright mm. uh, lawyer, mm. professional, mm. and you've been very instrumental in helping me, even in some issues here mm. and there. Helping everyone, you know, I, people always call me. I'm like, just talk to Andiri. I'm a June Gashui. <laughs> yes. Imagine, you know, I actually worked with June uh, once for a year. But I think for me, even the choice to do intellectual property as my specialization was deliberate because I said, look, I like this music thing and I was doing law. In fact, I decided I was going to do music when I was in law school. Mm. But then, of course, parents, <laughs> my dad was like, OK, so you've done the law, which I chose. I wasn't forced to do law. I wanted to do it. Then how are you going to make this law thing and this music thing mm. work? Because you see, ordinarily, the assumption is music is the thing you do when you're not doing other things. But for me, music was a choice I did first. Mm. But then I had to be strategic about how I did it because why is it at the time when I was starting, because this is early 2000s, I said, how do we make it viable for a mm. musician or an artist or a creative to do the thing that they are doing and it is profitable and it makes sense. So intellectual property is, is how people, you know, monetize and these are the conversations that we need to have. And yeah, so I did my master's and 
somehow I've always gotten opportunities to be in the rooms that I need to be in because then I speak not just as a, a legal mind, but also as a creative mind. And that's why I've done both at the mm. same time. It's enjoyable. I enjoy my life. I don't have to wear dark suits all the time. Yeah. Amoku in print and enjoying being yeah. around creative people who, of course, enrich your life. But then if I can be part of what makes Saudi souls successful, Ivy Alexander successful, whoever it is who's in the industry and the person not yet born who is wanting to do the creative industry business, then I'll have done my part. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And then after that, then came this conservatoire. Yeah. And I want us to go step by step. So yeah. what does the Kenya Conservatoire of Music do? So it's a music school. So it was created for theater Kindred arts, that's what they called it, kindred arts, music <laughs> and dance. I love that, yes. kindred arts. I, apparently that's Ooh. what they called, they called theater in, in 1944 okay. <laughs> when they set it up. Actually this year they turned 80. Yeah, but it was an opportunity that I sought because for me, it's part of the cycle. So we all say to people, oh, I like music, but how do we upskill? How yeah. do we create an yeah. opportunity for people of whatever age to fine tune yeah. what it is that they are doing. Yeah. Because even when you look at the fashion designers, fashion yes. designers go to school. They go to learn drafting, they go to learn design, they mm. go to learn sewing, they learn. If you look at engineers, they go to school. I mean, doctors go to school. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was learning what that education element would be and how best we can support that education element that will then help the other parts of it. Because I keep saying, if you go and you walk into a room and someone says, Niko Natalanta Yaku, heal hearts, and the guy tells you, I'm a cardiologist, are you really going to be with the guy who says, Nitalanta Nikonayo, or somebody who's actually learned yeah. and learned with others and participated in spaces yeah. that allow them to practice what it is they do. So the conservatory was a really pivotal point for my career. But I like to think that some of the work that I did there, of course, four years was before COVID. So my last two years was the years of COVID. So you were the director of the for conservatory? Six, for six years. Six, for years. six years. For six Quite years. Quite some time. Yeah, it was Quite some time. time. And to me also COVID, the COVID period was a big lesson in how creative businesses are very reliant on the way of life that we yeah. had. And COVID created businesses, but also challenged businesses in very many ways. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for people who make beverages, for example, beverages were drunk, whether or not we were in COVID time or not. So business did not stop for mm -hmm. beverages, right? Even if people were not going to the drinking places, yeah. they still sold. But for the conservatoire, you know, the place was closed for a bit of time. For musicians, the guys went online, they were doing lives, they were doing all these things. Mm. But the business model that institutions had was really disrupted by mm. COVID. And so we have to think about how to create businesses that are not so reliant mm. on, you know, people meeting. And I think it was a good thing because the year before for the Women's Orchestra in 2020, the co-founder Kezia was in Malawi at the time. And so she organized a show that she did not attend, which was our fourth edition. Yes, 2020 was our fourth edition. In Kenya. Yes, but she was in Malawi. So we had an online 
experience of leadership before 2021 and 2022. Wow. So for us, I think that was a learning experience, mm-hmm. which we applied in 2021 and 2022 for the Women's Orchestra. Yeah. And my thinking also is, we also think very locally in the way we do things. And it's possible to do things with people outside the country. So like in 2021, we had a performance by a two Ugandan sisters. So they played a piano duet. So they recorded it and sent the recording and we played the recording oh, wow. as part of, our, uh, of our, our show in 2021. So there are certain things that we learned over that period of time that yes, were challenges, but now, you know, sidestepping and finding ways to make them work. Mm. And that's part of the things that I think we want to work on and create opportunities, not just for women here. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh my God. So this all-female orchestra mm, show yes, yes. in March, yes. how many women are we talking about? Well, I mean, our highest sign-up in the years that we've had has been 100 women who wow. signed up. 2022, we had 100 women on stage. 2021, all the instruments. Yeah, all can the can instruments, we list yes. some like, like um, cello. cellos? I think there's a year we had two double bass players. Cellists are always many. Yeah. We had one, I think, that had about 13 cellists. And we just look to provide opportunity to everybody. We are very keen to also have African instruments in. And so we've partnered always with Motra, which is more than traditional dramas, the outfit oh, with Kasiva. They are amazing. They are amazing. And they dance too, right? Yes, they yeah. dance too. <laughs> and trying as much as possible to create unique experiences where we are putting them together. So Motra will join the orchestra and play something together. Wow. Like when we did Fena's year, which was 2022, we did Fena and like the Motra dramas were also part of the like drumming ensemble that was mm, part of the song showcase, that we did, yeah. Yeah, for that one we did for her. Numbers vary because we also have... But a hundred are quite a lot. Yes, we quite have a lot. that number of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you put choir and you put the dramas and then the orchestra itself. It's a big community. It's a big community. And there's more. There's more. I mean, there's one born every day. (laughs) (laughs) There's one born every day. And I think what I didn't know and what I didn't realize is guys just need an opportunity. Mm. And one of the things, for example, even rehearsals are happening as we speak, but rehearsals used to end while we were at the conservatoire. Rehearsals used to end at 637, Mm. but we had to move our rehearsal time earlier because it's women, because they have to get home by seven. You know, in January, the January to March, the time when the sun goes down is a little earlier. But yes, so you move your time because you have to think about the Mm. safety of the women, have to think about people getting home because they are caregivers. We'll have issues about their daughters getting home late, their wives getting home late. And those are considerations that men never have to think about. So that means if that opportunity is not there for a woman who has kids to go cook for, who has to get home early. And even, even if that consideration is not there. Yes then she will not take the opportunity if rehearsal is ending at yeah. night. And people don't think about it, but it's actually a challenge we have to think about yeah, when, yeah, we, are, yeah. when we, are, we are planning our rehearsals and planning the kind of activities that mm. we do. Yeah. So even going out of town, how do we ensure that we're going out of town and ensuring safety? Like past years, what we we'll do is people would have to go home by cab. It's an expense, but because you had come for African Women's Orchestra, we have to ensure that you got home safe. 
So what's happening from the eighth? Because there yes. are a series of events, events yeah. even workshops. Yes, yeah, exactly. So we partner with different organizations. So for us, we have workshops for the woodwind workshop. For woodwind is uh, flute, saxophone. <laughs> I've never had that. <laughs> yeah, woodwind. woodwind. Yes, today we are learning yes. new instruments: <laughs> flute, uh, wow. saxophone. So we have we have a workshop. For There's them. also a trombone, right? Yes. Now that's brass. Okay. <laughs> yes. So brass. <laughs> I know something. Brass trombone. There's also so Trombone what did puppet. Chimano used to play? Chim- I don't know. Chimano used to play something. I think it was a saxophone. Oh, yeah. Then that it was a saxophone. Wind, yes. Okay. So trumpet, trombone, and um, French horn, those are now brass. Mm. And then we have strings, but you have lower strings and upper strings. Upper strings are violins and violas, which are the ones people play mm. <laughs> like that. And then cellos are lower strings and double bass, which looks like a violin, but then yeah, <laughs> yeah it's bigger. And, and obviously they're violins. And violins, yes. So that's upper strings and then the lower strings mm. is the cellos, the ones that you put on the ground and play while seated and or standing. So, so the workshop is like um, training we, of yes, sorts. Yes, training of sorts. Because I think one of the things is being an instrumentalist can be very lonely because you learn by yourself sometimes. Well, you learn from a teacher or you learn by yourself if you're learning online or whatever mm. way that you're learning. But then you get to play on your own and you're rehearsing in your room or in school or in whatever space that you have to rehearse. But then when you sit with somebody else who is more skilled and who has done more than you or does it differently, because sometimes the workshops are not necessarily with experts. It's mm. just somebody who's passionate about a certain thing. And it's yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. just with people from elsewhere, even people within. We've mm. had workshops with Ken Whitty, who runs chamber music. It's a whole outfit for advancing classical music. So he decided to study string for a bit and he did a workshop for the women's orchestra some years back uh, mckinley i think you know he yes, did one with the brass yeah um, i think that was 2021 so whatever expertise we have here because i call the guys who support us our allies the allies always come up and they always have time to support what we are doing mm. because it's not everybody who has a problem with women being in the space there are people who really want to see women shine and these allies that i'm talking about do come and support especially when they have a skill that they want to share and they're able to support us on, mm. they do come and do that. Hey, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I'm looking wow, yeah. well done. Yeah. Well done. I just really love this because, I mean, those who are following this podcast, even the introduction says, I'm a lover of arts, culture, yes, and yes. everything African. Mm-hmm. But then that's the thing, like our culture and even our music industry doesn't exist in one form, you know. I feel like classical music is part of it, but it's for a long time kind of been on the side, you know, just by itself. And it's like that community. But I feel like what you're doing, what you've been doing and this kind of events, this kind of workshops opens it up to the rest, you know. So some people who might not be playing or don't know, this is an opportunity to enjoy the music, see if your child wants to learn, see if you want to take some lessons. So I think what you're doing is very important for the culture and for our music industry. And I think we'll also expose these artists to bigger opportunities. The opportunities for me, even some I didn't know. In 2020, we had a young, she was 12 at the time. So she started music, I think, at 9, 10. And she ended up after our event in 2019, actually. Mm-hmm. She then got a scholarship to a school in the UK called mm. Chetam. So she's, of course, a brilliant violinist. So it was her first solo with an orchestra. So she was amazing. So we did a solo with her. And she's in Chetams, And possibly she'll be finishing school, I think, in 2025, 2026. I'm not so sure. But she wanted to be a violinist. Mm. And she studied on her own with 
with a teacher from abroad and she's ended up in the UK as a Kenyan violinist. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, she's in a music school and whatever happens for Charlene, her name is Charlene Obara. We are just watching and waiting and hoping as soon as she can, she can come and do another solo with us. Nanjala Musundi is another one. She's just joined Manhattan School of Music as a piano major. So she played with us in 2019 and 2020 as a solo. She played just her piano and I think she's finishing her first year this year in 2024. Yeah, but mm. a brilliant pianist, very nice human being. The first time she played with us, she had just turned 17. I mean, she was 16 turning 17. Mm. And it is brilliant to see. I keep saying this Gen Z will show us things. Where? <laughs> They'll show us things. The level, the, the level of skill yes. and just talent they have. Yes. We used to have that at the age of 30, but this is like a 15-year-old or 14-year-old. And they're doing it unapologetically. Yeah, so for the the Charlene, for Nanjala, and for others that I don't even know and I'm yet to meet, there are opportunities for school. Oh, yes, the, our head of Woodwind, um, both Flotis Sweeney, went and did a master's in the U.S. and she's doing her PhD now. Then she passed on to somebody else. And so now Mwende is in Czech Republic in Prague in a conservatoire there. And these are just wow. musicians. Yeah, like there are people just going out and doing their thing and they'll come and they will do their thing because, you know, Gen Z is always teaching us things. So if that opportunity exists, because I don't think music is a continent thing. I don't think it is a, where you're from. It is just something that you have. Mm. And I think you can give an instrument to a child anywhere. Mm. And if they have the talent and if it's meant for them, they will amaze you in the things that they will do. So when do you advise that? That in parents can start experimenting with their instruments with their children. And how do you know whether to try a flute or mm. a piano? Or do you think it's actually a matter of taking a child to versatile lessons and yes. then you see what they like? It, that's exactly okay. it. Because I feel like I have sons and both of them started music classes, but one of them is more into oh, the music. They're music ready. Take, yes. Of course they're taking music classes. Yeah, of course they had, they had, they had <laughs> And no their choice. father yes. is also a music person. <laughs> yes, so like, yes, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I started one at seven about and okay. started the other one about four. You'll tell me where you took them. You know, no, they were at the conservatory. It's, huh? a, it's a great it school. It's just, 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 yeah, just, just conservatory. <laughs> but then there are other music schools also. So it's just what works for you location-wise and also teacher-wise. I think when a child, because you know there are people who do music because they are forced. Mm. <laughs> they, are, they don't do it because they want to. They do it because they are forced. I think you should let your child lead mm. what it is that they want to. Okay. So Because I have guitars at home and now a cello because I started learning cello because it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but when the access is there, then they will work on whatever it is that brings them joy. Mm. But then I always say a harmonic instrument is a good one too. And harmonic instruments play many notes at the same time. So piano, guitar, those are good instruments that are bass instruments. Mm -hmm. And then melodic instruments, you know, play one note at a time. So, you know, your brass instruments, your woodwind instruments, those ones are me, the whole thing for blowing into something to remove sound is, is a lot draining. of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I'm like, where'd you get all the air? <laughs> yeah. But there are people who just pick it up and it's a thing. Yeah. So, and I think you don't close the option. Mm. And there are many people doing amazing things in all the spaces. Art of Music is doing what they're doing with Ghetto Classics. There's an organization called Basp for Africa that's doing amazing things in Uganda. In fact, we had a Ugandan trumpet player come and join us in 2019. Mm -hmm. And actually she's comes from Uganda, but then she's from DRC, Burundi. So she joined us last year when we did 
Mayonde. She came and she played and did a workshop with the trumpet team. So there's many people doing the thing that they are passionate about. Mm. And I think what I've learned about collaboration, it brings opportunity, but it also creates the firing things that you need between the organizations. Yeah. So Brass for Africa had somebody come and then, of course, it benefited our brass section. Out of music, a lot of musicians who play for Ghetto Classics also played for the Women's Orchestra. So mm. they are playing for the orchestra for Ghetto Classics, but they're also playing for us. They supported us with some instruments in 2023. So there's just a lot of, you know, marrying mm. of resources and that kind of support, yeah. Wow, you seem to be deep in this <laughs> era of your <laughs> like classical music yes. advancement and just champion this. Yes. I love it. But Wandiri. then also for me, like the people who we featured when we did Mayonde and we played two of our songs, one of our songs was in a movie, Katikati. Mm. So there was already an arrangement that we yes. asked for permission to use. And she sang that song and it was wonderful because it even had a guitar part I got to play. <laughs> and then um, and then we arranged Nairobi. So we also collaborate with choirs. With We've collaborated with uh, Red Forth uh, Chorus who sang with Mayonde. And it's just, you, you watch things just just becoming something yeah. else and and um had dance factory kenya come and and you know do moves and dances with 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 fena in 2022 yeah. so like there's just so much that we can get to do together um and it's it's yes it's orchestra but fena with an orchestra is a whole other thing yeah. <laughs> you know um, my own day with an orchestra is a whole other yeah. thing karuno with an orchestra is a whole other thing mm-hmm. so i think it's it's also putting our our African woman story in in the orchestra space, which has not which has not happened in any other continent. So we are in Africa, so we met as well. Wow, <laughs> we amazing, met as well. amazing! Yeah. Yeah. And for those who are listening, or if they want to be part, mm-hmm. if they want to support, if they want to collaborate, how is the best way for them to reach out? We have a website. We are African Women Orchestra. Just Google. We have our page, and our page will lead you to yeah. all our socials. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's it for me. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to know about this amazing show, yeah. and everyone has to come and watch it. But even this- talk about IP. Maybe before we finish, yes. what kind of advice would you give to anybody listening in terms of yes. IP? Because every time they hear intellectual property or copyright, yes. mm. they're like, oh my God, I'm afraid. Mm. I cannot even call a lawyer and I cannot afford. Yes. And and I think that's where the first mistake comes. It pains. It pains, it pains me too. It pains me too. Like for instance, for me, it pains me when I meet someone's like, Oh, we couldn't even call you because we knew we'd never afford you. And I'm like, oh my God, you would have at least called me. Yes. And give me a chance to t- say something. But you know, also, I, 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 mean, I, I have to say, I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I, to be You're honest, so I think funny. there's a fear of the way people assume things yeah. are because their disputes, most IP disputes, are not really about the material, it's about not agreeing or not understanding what the expectations were. Yeah. Let's say for like for actors, this is something I've heard very many times. Mm. So you have an actor who has not had work for a year and then you go for an audition and then you're told this is the job and then you're told sign up and you've not read the contract, you've not read anything, you're signing it on set. 
So you've sent it on set and then now a year later or two years later when the thing has expired, now you're calling me and you want to fight. But then I'm like, but you've signed. Wow. Yeah. And in that contract, there will be something that says that you sought legal counsel and that you're very aware that of what the clauses mean. Mm. You're not under duress Mm. to sign. So even if I wanted to help you. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And there are so many free resources, so, so many free resources out there that even if it's a lawyer you don't want to hire, it's okay, Sawa. You don't want to give us money, fine. It's okay. There's a class I taught. It's called Copyright X, and it's a free class from Harvard. Mm. The Backman Center runs that class, and they've put all the 12 lectures online. At the time when I was teaching that class, it was being run by the Godown and an institution called Code IP. It's a free resource. So Copyright X, is online. Please go to copyx.org and just learn or just look at, because it's a buzzword right now. Mm. And why intellectual property knowledge is important for you is the thing that you're creating, whether it's a trademark, whether it's a collection, you wear amazing collections and somebody can go and try and do this thing, and but they can never make it the way it has been made and how you wear it and what it is that you're presenting mm. here is the work of a wonderful artist who, if she goes and she copyrights that collection, then if somebody else copies it and creates, then she can go and say, oh, by the way, you've copied my work. Mm. Please pull it down. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But guys also need to realize that sometimes it is not, oh, I need to go after that person who's copied me. Mm. I also think when people imitate you, then you're very clear that you're doing Mm. something right. Yeah. People are not copying you because you're horrible. They're yeah, copying yeah, yeah. you because you're doing something right. One thing all people also need to understand, it's not just the cost of disputes. It is the length of time it's going to take you to take a matter through court. Yeah. So sometimes court actually, if you ask me, is never a solution for anything. Really? It never is a solution for anything. Because everybody I, says, sue them. Sue them. Send a demand letter. <laughs> demand letter, yes. But sue them. It's going to take you an average of... Five to seven years Damn, for a matter. That's to, crazy. In fact, guys need to go and look at when they say, oh, there's been victory against this big guy who stole my work. But look at when that matter was started so, so and you, look you, at when yeah. it ends. So you recommend just finding amicable ways of Find amicable resolving ways this resolve. dispute. Yes, yes. And the cost of getting somebody to represent you or having a conversation with a lawyer mm. who can sit down and we talk with another lawyer, it will take you possibly a two-hour meeting and you finish and you agree. Mm. But then also don't forget if someone is dodgy, this dodgy. Con men are everywhere. So also who you enter into contracts with is really important. Mm. A contract is only as good as the person who signs it. So if the person signing it is a dodgy person, then you have a dodgy contract. So don't make a practice of, if you know a guy has been uh, messing with people's yeah, money, yeah, 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 why yeah. are you entering into that contract? This is Yeah, You want character development. This is what you want. <laughs> You're signing up <laughs> for character development. And I think also the other thing is, and this is to institutions that are notoriously against creatives. They will mm. do things against creatives. But also if you got together and you all said, we are not going to work with this institution because this institution has done one, two, three. Mm. Their brand recognition and their brand value is so much higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not advocating for Twitter keyboard warriors. I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but there is a way that you can work together and collaborate to make people do the right thing mm. also because corporates, of course, are very keen on having a very squeaky clean yeah, yeah, yeah. outlook. But if I don't tell you that this corporate did this to me, 
and I don't tell my neighbor this corporate did this to me, then how are we going to achieve yeah. where creatives get paid for what they need to yeah. do, you know? Yeah. And this happens a lot, especially mm. to visual artists and yes, digital artists exactly. who create work, put yeah. on Instagram, yeah. then it goes and it's reprinted and, I don't know, republished or painted somewhere on top of a wall of a building or something and without credit whatsoever. Without credit, without anything. Yeah. But then you say, ah, it has happened to me. But then yeah. all you need to do is engage and engage and they are affordable lawyers. Yeah. Yes. And I think another thing we will both advocate in yes. this podcast is also mm. let's try and give credit where it's due. Yes. Because even for us in the PR world, yes. we do work with various photographers and, yeah. and videographers. You yeah. send pictures and videos to different media yes. and you say, please credit the photographer. They go print something, some they don't credit and usually when they put their own pictures you see courtesy of this newspaper so i'm like how come to use the pictures we sent you but on a newspaper or whatever and you did not credit this photographer and then they tell you, know? you that it's policy we just say pool what i've seen yeah is yeah, yeah, yeah they've said those kind of things before and for me even when yeah. i post on my instagram and especially when i know the photographer is a photographer yeah. i will say who took the photograph yeah. sometimes it's my phone so that one i won't credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah or sometimes but even when somebody else maybe used the phone or somebody else took a photo mm. with me or for me, then I will credit that person right. because they took it for me. So it looks that way because maybe Nisimu. There's a way we can continuously make people know that what they are doing matters mm. because creativity really does matter. Yeah. Wow. I mean, thank you for your very kind counsel, mm. advice. Mm. And even I've learned so much, like before you think of suing someone, yeah. are there ways that you could resolve this dispute? But yes. before resolving a dispute, are there certain signs that you can look out for before even signing with individual companies or yeah. people? And sometimes people always call and say, sign, sign. Mm. I usually say, at least give me a day. Like, let me sit on it. <laughs> sit on it. <laughs> let me just look at it. Yeah. And most of the time, your intuition will tell you if something is off. Yeah. Because I think we don't listen to intuition enough. Because we are always thinking, oh, I need this cash. Yeah. But what it costs you in emotional turmoil. <laughs> <Tamoy. laughs> because when you've signed something and the person refuses to sign to pay you for a year, for it's example. Bad. It's bad. So for that year, what have you been eating? How have you been paying your rent? Yeah. How is your car being fueled? But you signed quickly because you felt that you needed this thing. Mm. But did you really? How would you advise creatives to go around this situation where they have to sign for something through somebody else, like through the middle people? And it's okay for there to be middle people. Mm. I own an agency. Mm -hmm. An agency can also sometimes be a middle yeah. person yeah. in a sense that we have been hired by a corporate organization yes. mm. to run a campaign yes. with influencers. So we have to get paid a full amount yeah. and then we have to subcontract the people. Yeah. But I've heard from the industry a lot of people didn't get their payments from these agencies or this kind of people. So I'm wondering, how do you deal with that? Because when someone told me I wasn't paid from a project from this company, I'm like, not a company of this reputation. What should somebody do in that instance? I, like I said, there has to be like an intuition thing, but also we have to demand better from people. Because I think if I know working with agency so-and-so, because for actors, influencers have had like a hey, horrendous stories, horrendous stories. Yeah. Because there are certain agencies that act in a very, I don't let's know, call it Joakali way, Joakali not way, yes. professional at so all. So if you know Aniko's PR agency does one 
two, three. Then you go and you say, this is who I prefer to work mm. with. Or sometimes even management sometimes also has a way of creating. But then also managers have been doing the most. Yeah. <laughs> managers yeah. have also been doing yeah. the most. So like I said, associate yourself with people who are of upstanding character. That is the biggest takeaway because there will be someone somewhere doing some monkey business. It's some, and, when, <laughs> and when you're in the forest and there's monkey business, then you expect all sorts of things to be thrown at yeah. you. But if you create a tribe around yourself and the kind of clients that you want to keep and take, because part of the reason why I say to people, don't rush to court because when you're rushing to court in IP matters, unless you're going to the copyright tribunal, which is full of people who have IP knowledge, you can go somewhere and somebody does not understand what IP is. So there are rulings and judgments that are not good law in IP. So you went to court with an expectation that the law would be followed, but the law was not followed because mm. the person did not understand intellectual property in the way that it should have been interpreted. interpreted. Yes. So for me, in fact, one of the things that I'm strongly lobbying for, and I hope it finally happens, that we have an IP court. If we do so, then it means if you have an IP court, then it, you just deal with IP matters and that's it. Mm. I hope it happens, but it, like it's a long, long conversation unless somebody somewhere then sees the need for it. Because everything, of course, when you're making your proposal and you're making your policies, everything has to come with, oh, how much does it cost the ex-checker? And when you're dealing with policy, mm. those are all those conversations. But more so... If people can buy into the idea of mediation and buy into the idea of before you get into something, know what it is you're doing and what the expectations are, then your disputes will not be many. Mm. And then if corporates then act right, because you are a corporate, if you're an agency and you're not paying your creatives, why? How do you expect that person to come back next time? And yes, there's one born every day, but... If you empower whichever influencer that you're working with, mm. it means what they'll be able to imagine for the next campaign will be even better than the last because they're they yeah. not worrying about rent. They're not worrying about food. They're not worrying about, you know, the school fees and whatever other things that mm. people are spending money on. But there are agencies, as you know, who don't care. They'll just tell Utani Pelekawapi. In fact, it is that... Utadu, that was the, <laughs> the Utadu yeah. um, way of doing things. And my hope is the more we grow these SMEs that we are running into bigger companies, that our SME attitude and our SME way of doing things, mm. when we are big conglomerates, that we we then will act right. Mm. So I would want to work with you and you work with me, but mm -hmm. then the way we treat each other has to be a way that people now expect nothing less. Yeah. Because as I say, Gen Z will show us things. You think you're going to do that to Gen Zs, they will show you things. Gen Alpha is coming, we will see what they will show, we'll show, <laughs> we'll show us after that. But yeah, let's let's build good businesses. Yeah, I mean, that's a good place to end this podcast. <laughs> yes. Let's build good businesses. Let's build good businesses. And relations, yeah. you know, collaborate. Yeah. Let's promote an environment that is healthy. Yeah. And also that is uh, gives space to yeah. different individuals, yeah. especially women. Yes, especially women. Yeah. And yet to you and everything that you're doing, every time I follow you, I'm just like, Asante. Yeah, and we're cheering you on. Right? Asante. Yeah, For yeah. me, I'm just so proud sitting here listening to you. The <laughs> fact that I know you, you knowing that you're my friend and I can call you anytime. Oh, you can. I just can. love smart people and especially women. So yes. thank you so much for your contribution. Mm. And thank you for using all your knowledge very well and, you know, being gracious while at it. <laughs> we yeah. must, we must. Because there's, there's not many of us in this space. No. And 
we support each other. That means we grow. Yeah. Because and these are things I'm observing with businesses. Like if you look at whatever's happening in, let's say even Nigeria, if you look at what they're doing in terms of creating content and supporting each other, they are working as a team. Yeah. So when you see them in the Hollywood space, they are all calling each other and mm. they're all moving together and it is deliberate. Yeah. And I know it's been years of work, but we also need to do the same and yeah. also join our African siblings yeah, yeah, yeah. in doing whatever it is we need to do yeah. to create the industry that we need. It really is a collective yeah. effort. It, it, there is nobody. You Can you do it alone? No, not even. <laughs> you can't. So if we get together, I really feel that our continent has so much to offer and we are so beautiful as people. We have so many stories to tell and everybody wants to tell our stories but we are the only ones who can tell our stories our way yeah. but how do we that's our the, superpower it's our superpower we are working superheroes and sometimes we don't even see it in ourselves so if I can elevate you I'll do so if you can elevate me do so and then when we do so we won't even believe where we are going. You know, mm. it's it's those things that I feel there should have been a class elevating one another <laughs> in primary school yeah. and we do it all the time. But, you know, now we are learning now and we'll do it. <laughs> Thank you, Wandiri. Yes. Thank you so much. That's that was the amazing Wandiri Karemi mm. from Nairobi, Kenya. Please check out this amazing all-female orchestra show in Nairobi starting 8th of March. 8th of March to 17th of March. We have activities all through. I'm really excited with what's in store and the artists in store. So head to our website and, you know, you'll see amazing things. We're looking forward. Fantastic. Mm. We promised you dope orchestra vibes today. <laughs> Hope you've been inspired and you can come watch this amazing show. From me, Aniko and Wandiri, thank you so much. And I will be back next week with another amazing guest. Thank you. Asante, thank you for having me. <laughs> Asante sana. Mm. VIP Access Season 4 is proudly supported by the Australian High Commission. <laughs>